0: And so typically speaking in a SAV war, you don't attack a staging system because it's like hitting somebody's capital, right? If you're invading America, you don't attack Washington DC first. Right. If you did, that would be called like a headshot attempt or a decapitation strike or something. And usually those backfire. You don't normally do that because the enemy has all their strength there. They usually defend successfully and then their morale is increased.
1: If you're listening to this, that means my big feature on EVE Online went up. Uh, As always, when I do these big features, I like to sort of break it down and allow you guys to gain access to the interviews that I conducted to put together these stories. Uh, In this case, it's about the battle of B-R5RB, one of the largest, if not the largest, clashes in EVE Online's history. kind of depends on how you measure uh, the largest clash, whether you're talking... Uh, most players participating, or the most amount of damage caused, or the amount of Titans lost. In any case, uh, the story's gotten a lot of attention because the amount of people involved and the amount of damage it caused, and the fact that it started because of an unpaid bill. Uh, Now there's some discrepancy over whether that was a glitch or whether that was just human error, but nonetheless, it happened. I spent a lot of time talking to some of the chief people involved in this conflict on both sides. Uh, and one of those was Alex the Mitanni John Turco, uh, who is sort of an infamous figure uh, in the EVE Online community and also the leader of CFC, more specifically uh, the leader of Goon Swarm, uh, which comes from uh, something awful. Um, he was in charge of the uh, the side that won this particular conflict, uh, and I spent a lot of time recently chatting with him about what happened, uh, some of his strategies, and what it's like to uh, command such a large fleet in EVE Online. So why don't you guys give that a listen? Oh, and by the way, I should make sure and mention that there is some strong, uh, potentially offensive language uh, mentioned in this interview. So uh, be aware, and maybe don't listen to this around your children. <laughs> You know, I've, I've been talking, like I mentioned in my email, I was talking to uh, a couple of pilots, but I, I wanted to sort of run down, you know, sort of what my interpretation of some of these events were, and uh, you seem like a good person to run that through to, to get a sense of how this was set up. But um, my, my general sense was that, you know, there was kind of this ongoing war that had been going on uh, for a number of months now that had reached sort of a stalemate. Uh, and then when there was this sort of this billing error, uh, that someone forgot to sort of, you know, uh, set up a payment that allowed an opportunity for this war to kind of move in a, in a direction. Now, obviously, there's a lot more specifics in terms of the alliances, but is that sort of generally how we got to this moment in, in the last week or so? Uh,
0: I think that's a reasonably fair statement. I mean, the, you know, Sov War is extraordinarily complicated, and, um, you know, a lot of people who are not experienced with it... Uh, what usually happens in a War is that they're all stalemates until one side breaks and just every fucking War there is begins with two blocks, you know, thousands of players smashing into each other. Um, And usually nothing happens for a while. Like they, they do stuff. It drags on and then uh, one side breaks or screws up. And uh, then something like this happens. Now, What's important to note here is is that this is just a battle. Um, It's a very big battle. It's very high profile. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, the enemy, uh, our enemies in this, the uh, the N3NPL guys, uh, had a victory handed to them by the server shitting itself in a system called Head GP. Uh, us and the Russians came over the top at them with the whole shit pile of dreadnoughts, which are a capital ship designed to destroy other capital ships. But as soon as our, uh, we brought like 700 capital ships into that system, but the system didn't allow us, like the servers didn't load. So all of our guys were black screened and it was a turkey shoot. Uh, this time around, uh, we came at them again um yeah. and the servers worked <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> because, because uh,
1: part of the reason that, that eve sort of accommodates like sort of these because obviously you're not going to send an email to ccp and be like you know hey we're gonna go do this thing make sure that you've got some extra servers up part of the reason the way that eve deals with these large-scale bo- uh, battles this was sort of like a time dilation where it slows down the, the game clock okay um,
0: they do have a fleet fight notification tool and major battles in milsec, uh You're expected to uh, send sort of an under-the-table note to CCP. There's a form you can fill out hmm. that basically says, oh, God, we're going to do this thing. Please reinforce the note. Uh, what happened in this one was um, one of the reasons why... Um, I guess the press accounts of this battle are, are going to be a little weird. Uh, there was a battle a while ago called the Battle of 6VDT, which CCP was advertising as one of the biggest battles in, in history. At the time, there's like 4,000 players in one system. I think that there was probably actually more players involved in this fight in terms of uh, accounts logged in and doing things. But the actual battle took place over several systems. So, there was the main fight in BR 5 where all of the super capital murder was taking place. Uh, but we intentionally kept several of our coalition's fleets out of that system. And instead, we went to the staging systems of the enemy and locked them down so they couldn't reinforce anything. So, basically, while they were scrambling and trying to Uh, get some reinforcements into BR5 such that they could save themselves, Uh, we camped them into their stations. Camping into a station means when I basically park a fleet on somebody else's staging system. Mm -hmm. And if they try to undock spaceships to go do a thing, then they get murdered. Uh, (laughs) So uh, in terms of... um, So yeah, BR5 never broke more than like 2,200 people in local, but the number of players involved in the battle... uh, across the theater was probably more than four, thousand.
1: and so in in this was recent battle, like a lot of what was was happening was because the the payment didn't happen and then essentially uh, you, different you know factions were then able to come in and try and build a node, right? And the node has to be built over a course of eight hours in order for you to gain access to that system and then that you know then you have sovereignty over that system or and then access to the assets, correct. Have you seen – one of my editors on my silly website
0: wrote up a pretty nice balanced uh, description of this. Uh, Have you seen that article yet? Let me link it to you. No,
1: if you want to link it to me, I'll make sure and I'll check it out after. We
0: have – yeah, we'll we'll talk. You don't have to read it right now. Um, But we have – so here's the the, the real – the coverage that CCP is pushing on this, and uh, the—I mean, even Fox News wrote about this fucking thing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, they did a terrible job of it, of course, as to be expected. Um, but the fight really wasn't. It was triggered by the soft drop, but the it wasn't really about the soft drop. Uh, a soft sovereignty is how you claim a system, right? right. And so you have sovereignty over a system. That means on the map. You own that system, and you control the station in that system. The station is also known as the outpost. Um, it, you know that's the language. Um, nobody on our side was really making a serious play for the system. We ended up capturing it anyway. But what happened was um, the. Uh, what- What you were calling the node is actually called the territorial claim unit, the TCU. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like the little flag that you plant in a system. And you have to make sure that it stays up for... While it's onlining, it takes eight hours to online. And if it succeeds in onlining, then congratulations, you've won the the station. Um, What happened here was uh, Manny fucked up and didn't pay his soft bills. Uh, He had... uh, You know, you have to pay like a monthly fee in order to maintain SAV. And normally speaking, uh, that's handled automatically. Um, His corporation had control over the system, like the bills were supposed to be paid by his corp. Um, And uh, we saw that the SAV had been dropped. And the Russians, it had been dropped at a really bad time for for Pandemic Legion because the SAV dropped at like 8 o'clock eve time. So basically like at a period of time when only the Russians are awake. So they start scrambling to online these TCUs to get their claim back. But it's in like a time when only Russians are awake. Mm -hmm. So the Russians wait because they know that it's going to take them eight hours. So uh, the the Nulli Secunda TCUs uh, start going up to reclaim the system, and the Russians wait in an hour before those TCUs online, which takes eight hours, at around 1430 eve, 1430 is, eve time is GMT, right? So at around 1430 GMT, uh, the Russians show up, uh, nuke all of those TCUs, blow them up, such that, you know, again, like everybody's got to start over from the beginning, uh, start online their own TCUs, and they capture the station. So... At this point, um, none of us are making a serious play for the staging system.
1: Like we're we're dicking with this to screw with PLM three. So this this is this is more about just fucking them over than it is as a major play in the war.
0: Right. I mean, it was it's it's a it's a drop It's embarrassing. Ball. Right. It it is basically it's it's an it, trying to, trying to put it in non Eve terms. Uh, they screwed up very badly by letting this happen. You don't normally make a a staging system. This is what we call a staging system. A staging Mm -hmm. system is a system where everybody puts all their shit in it, right? And when uh, when you form up your alliance, you're forming up your fleets, everybody's living in that station, right? And so, typically speaking, in a SAV war, you don't attack a staging system. Because it's like hitting somebody's capital, right? If you're invading America, you don't attack Washington, D.C. first. If you did, that would be called like a headshot attempt or a decapitation strike or something. And usually those backfire. You don't normally do that because the enemy has all their strength there. They usually defend successfully. And then their morale is increased. And then they're better at fighting. Uh, So, they did the equivalent of dropping like leaving their capital undefended by accident, uh, which is horrible. Um, But we were really after killing the ships, the the strategic assets being the the Titans in particular, the super capital ships, they can't be docked. Uh, We won the system as a bonus, but uh, the, the real thing here was going after and killing all those Titans. And uh, today they released the official count of Titans lost on either side today. And it was uh, we killed 59 of the fucking things and uh, only lost, we lost less than I thought. Turns out we only lost 16. And one of those doesn't count because it actually happened like four regions away and completely unrelated to the battle, but whatever. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so so, so from their side, it's, you know, A, it, it's embarrassing that this would even happen, but they're just trying to protect their assets. And for you guys, it's not even necessarily about the system. It's more about the assets are there. This is an opportunity to destroy essentially war material uh, for, you know, a more important skirmish down the line. In, if
0: To put it in non-EVE terms, think about super capitals and titans as nuclear weapons. Okay. They're the ultimate trump card, and they... Uh, one of the reasons why N3 and PL have been strong in wars past is because they have more of them than anybody else, or at least they had more of them than, than anybody else. Um, so we essentially took away that ability to project threat. So, like, to put it in another way, from like a, a card game perspective, mm-hmm. uh, the the reason why this happened was. Uh, They had so much hubris after winning that fight I was telling you about a couple weeks ago where all of our shit didn't didn't load that their fleet commander, the fleet commander who started this, Manny, is the same guy who screwed up the Sov drop, who didn't pay a Sov bill and got them into this mess. Uh, He was also the the fleet commander during the, the fight, which was the turkey shoot. So he basically felt like he was king of the world or whatever. And he put all of his cards on the table. Uh, the fleet that he put into BR five uh, to try to defend it is something that they've been calling the wrecking ball. We might have seen that in uh, yeah. I've seen
1: that term kind of thrown wreck- around in a bunch of the early sort of yeah, that's, small that's, reports that's on it.
0: That's the that's the name. Polygon did a thing about this too. I don't know whether you've read that yet. Um, the uh but they put the wrecking ball out there and the wrecking ball is the name of a fleet doctrine we have silly names for fleet doctrines in feel like it's just a shorthand to describe a particular collection of ships but uh what the thing about using the wrecking ball is it's basically like you're putting a lot of super capital ships on the field mm-hmm. and you're hoping it's like shoving all in in poker, right? It's like you're just shoving all your chips into the middle of the table <laughs> and hoping that the other guy doesn't have better cards than you. And most of the time, the other guy will fold. Right. Except that in this case, we came over the top and took all of their shit away. <laughs> a, a lot of times in Eve, like people will have engagements that aren't like an all-in shove. You have a you have an escape route. Um, and Manny's hubris got the best of him, so he shoved all in. And we knew from spies, because we have more spies than anybody, that's like our gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew from our agents and just from watching their forces that uh, they didn't have any ability to escalate. Like, they didn't have anything in reserve. What they put on the table there was what they had. And so, at that point, it became a mathematical thing. It was like, okay, well, we have more than them. They can't escape us. And we know that they don't actually have any backup. So, we just pulled the trigger. And you know they put their dick on the table, and we chopped it off. <laughs>
1: And one of the pilots that uh, I talked to that participated kind of, they made it sound like the sort of loop that's occurring is it's like whatever, whichever side is able to repair its ships and not, like there there seems to be, uh, and and I might be describing this wrong, but basically like, you know, there there are other ships you can bring in to repair your ships. And if you can do that faster than the other team, essentially, you're going to win eventually because you're just going to draw them out and you're going to be able to take them out over a long period of time.
0: Yeah, it's kind of uh, like in, you know, like a World of Warcraft terms or something, how you have like priests and healers and shit right, like that. Right, right, sure. Uh, there are certain ships in EVE that can repair other ships. So the the course of the BR-5 battle, uh, if you look at the, the times that the Titans died, basically what happened is they put their dick on their table, we bring in the cleaver to chop it off, and at first... We're trading titans. We have more titans than they have, but their titans are still able to do uh, enough to our guys. So uh, we're killing three or four titans for every Titan of ours that they kill, but after uh, apparently after 15 titans on our side were destroyed, uh, our reps stabilized and their forces had been degraded to the point that they could no longer do any effective damage to our side so after we lost 15 which is still in eve terms previously speaking the biggest number of titans lost in any single battle was 12. Mm. so <laughs> and that was a record that was a record set years ago and was like seen as like this horrifying atrocity right right so when i'm saying like oh well after we lost 15 titans like <laughs> <laughs> which, which you can say
1: casually now but at the time yeah, I,
0: yeah like let's put it like this when a titan dies in eve when one titan dies in eve uh on why we run a news story on it on on the motoni.com <laughs> like when one titan dies it's a big enough deal cuz like you know the the minimum price of a of a titan in US dollars if you convert isk to dollars is right. like 2500 bucks thereabouts um and some of these titans that these guys had, N3 and PL never expected to lose their titans because they, they, they were used to having super capital superiority. And so they honestly thought that they would never lose the damn things. So some of these guys loaded the suckers up with the most expensive mods I've ever seen. A normal titan costs like 90 to 100 billion isk. One of the ones we killed, piloted by a guy named The Can uh, in Pandemic Legion, cost 220 billion ish, which is to say about. Two and a half regular Titans worth, and almost five thousand five hundred dollars on one spaceship. Um, they just never thought that thing would go down. Um, <laughs> so it was crazy. So yeah, like you know, one Titan dead is a is a tragedy, and
1: uh, seventy Titans is a statistic, I guess. <laughs> so, so what 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 are you doing during all of this? Like you know, you, obviously at some point you pull. You guys decided to pull the trigger and get involved, and this becomes strategically important but like in the midst of battle like how how would you describe exactly what you're doing to communicate with the forces that you have under your control so i'm a little weird in eve so right? now, I, I know if i if i remember correctly you you don't spend a lot of time in the game itself right you do a lot of yeah. stuff outside of it
0: I, I have this really weird situation where like I've become the most famous player in Eve and I guess I lead the largest and now <laughs> the, the most powerful coalition in the game. Cause motherfuckers don't have any super caps anymore. Um, <laughs> but, uh, basically I'm weird. Now your average, your average leader in an Eve position is usually a fleet commander and I'm like more of a politics and metagame kind of guy that or works. a spy dude. um, So just like in other major EVE battles in which the CFC participates like uh, 6VDT or what have you, my role personally is as a coordinator. Uh, We had five or six separate fleets. There's a limit of the number of people you can put into a fleet in EVE. So you can actually only have 250 people thereabouts in a fleet. Um, That's just like a game mechanics thing. And each fleet needs to have... Uh, Fleet commanders, they need to have scouts, they need to have people arranging logistics and shit like that. There's just a huge amount of overhead. So when we're talking about a battle like 6VDT, which has like 2,000 people on a side, or a battle like BR-5, where you have, uh, um, you know, in the fight itself about 1,000 on each side... um, you're looking at, like, five or six fleets. There's reinforcement fleets, people bringing more people into the fight. There's uh, interdiction fleets, which are camping staging systems. It's just, like, it's a huge mess. And so what I end up doing uh, is just running around and coordinating. And, like, when somebody says they need a fleet, I arrange it and I make it happen. I make sure that there's no infighting. Um, I'm just kind of like a... Just an officer, I guess you'd say,' kind of an office
1: manager during the war just <laughs> I make, wouldn't say an sh- office manager that's <laughs> a, war a, manager, that's a commander uh, you know I be, but but, but hand ha- you're, you're kind of you're kind of you're like a communication liaison, like you're just making sure the stuff gets to the right people because that's what you kind of do all the time anyway
0: the The phrase that's used in Eve is a sky marshal
1: that's, oh, that's a good I like that's a good that's yeah. a good name that I sounds mean, impressive. The, the person who's doing the because it's not just
0: about like, hey, I'm here to fill out some papers and making sure you get some logistics. Um, I'm making the calls as to saying, I want you to go here with this fleet. I want you to go here with this fleet. Tell me what's going on here. Recon guys, logistics guys, I want you to put towers here. Cap, you know, dread fleet, I want you to focus on their dreads, dreads being dreadnoughts, um, you know. And just doing shit like that, and putting out fires. But basically, like where you have the fleet commanders that are leading the overall fleets, the sky marshal is like the general telling people where to go with those fleets, like moving chits on a map. I guess you'd say.
1: I mean, logistically, is this is this happening? Like, I know Jabber is you know an application a lot of folks. Have talked about when when I've mm-hmm. talked to them about Eve is that largely where a lot of this sort of like internal communication occurs, or is it kind of across a bunch of different things?
0: Well, during the fleet battles, everybody's on Mumble or TeamSpeak, depending upon the the server architecture. Um, so we use Mumble because it supports thousands of people; it scales better than TeamSpeak. Mm. Uh, and usually, the way it works is everybody who plays Eve in a, a at a block level. Uh, block level being these major coalition warfare things out of soft territory, uh, is linked into Jabber. And this is the same, everybody has their own Jabber servers. Um, This is the same for our side as much as it is for the Russians or for N3 or PL. This is how it's done. Uh, People are are all linked into Jabber and you can send broadcasts on Jabber. So like I can be, uh, hey guys, I need this, you know, I need a heart example. I need a Harpy fleet to deal with these hostile interceptors that are trying to get their Titans out. Uh, I need it in this staging system. I need you to form up in this staging system. I need you to go to Mumble uh, on this op channel in Mumble because Mumble is divvied up into op channels because... Otherwise, it would be chaos. You can't just have 2,000 people in one open channel. Right. Um, So it'll be like, I need this ship type. I need you to go to this fleet in the game. I need you to go to this mumble channel. And then we'll bounce around and liaise with the fleet commanders and say, okay, here's your scouts. Here's your objective. This is what you need to do. And then the fleet commanders are in mumble. Uh, in a command channel, which is segregated from the regular line members, so the fleet commanders can cross-talk with the other fleet commanders to coordinate between fleets, without the line members hearing about it. Uh, which you need to do because there's like the whole spying metagame in Eve. Right. So you have to. You have information security is a big deal. Uh, anyway, the rabbit hole goes very deep. But that's how <laughs> that's how that's how you form up a fleet in Eve. As you say, you know, I need. These guys in this system with this ship type on this Mumble channel under this fleet commander in,
1: uh, yeah, and then and then how does that change from you know when you're in, in a smaller scale skirmish and even when you're running a normal you know it's not you know it's 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 mostly real time and then once the game clock slows down in some ways it seems like it becomes kind of like an RTS where you have to be planning much further ahead than just you know what your next move is going to be. Yeah, I
0: mean, the thing about EVE, uh, time dilation, EVE has never been a Twitch game, right? Sure. And uh, Twitch and time dilation has made the game much more fair in a lot of ways. Uh, people complain about time dilation a lot, uh, but back in the day, time before time dilation was implemented... Uh, the server would just stop working when you had a big fight. Right. So I'd rather have it slow down than have it not work. Because back in the day, it would be like your fleet just doesn't load, and you lose a fight because your ki- your ships couldn't shoot, um, and you wouldn't be able to say that one side won or one side lost. Because it would just be like, well, your ships worked, mine didn't.
1: Well, that's, and it's kind of what happened. to You
0: guys initially, and right? That's exactly what happened in Head GP, which was a that battle a couple weeks ago where uh, the server there was just. See, here's the thing. This is getting a little bit more complicated, but I'll give you the background anyway. Sure. Uh, CCP has screwed up on the balance in the metagame and in the ship balance very badly. They released a dev blog about this Afterhead GP where they say um, that the particular weapon system that everyone is using now because it's the most optimal weapon system is just creating tremendous unplayable amounts of lag, um, And that's uh, drones. Everyone is using drones Uh, the drone is like a little mini spaceship that shoots out of your spaceship and goes and shoots somebody else as opposed to just a gun or a laser or something that zots the other spaceship. And the reason why it creates so much lag is because as far as the server is concerned, every drone that you're crapping out is another little spaceship just like yours. Mm -hmm. Um, so head GP created that kind of lag. Everybody was using drones and we could use anything. Um, and this time around we got lucky, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was a mess.
1: <laughs> so what uh what happens now? Like is there like calm usually for a little while in between these moments? I mean obviously you don't want to, you know, give away anything about what oh, I'll you're on. You exactly, but... I'll tell you exactly <laughs> what I'm gonna do. Uh
0: this the the way this stuff works is after head GP the enemy uh screwed up horribly. They uh they should have if they were smart. Uh given everybody a bunch of coffee and uppers and said, all right, guys, like, we've won this great battle a couple weeks ago, and now it's time to twist the knife. And they should have gone out and hit a bunch of territory. Because, I mean, there's two levels to this game. Level one is blowing up the spaceships. And sure, you can win a big battle. Mm -hmm. But you actually have to go take the systems. You have to go, you know, guard those TCUs as they online and plant your little space flag and, like, claim the territory. So after their great victory... Um, they just let it sit. Um, hang on a second. Yeah. no problem.
1: At this point in the interview, we had to take a short break, uh, so he could take care of some personal business and then we picked it up the next day, which we'll transition to right now.
0: Mostly just running around and, uh, you know, after a big victory like this, you can either sit on your laurels and wait for the other guy to give up or you can twist the knife. And, uh, we always opt for twisting the knife, which means, Having to move a thirty-seven thousand character coalition from one staging system to a, a system deep in the heart of the enemy's regions, and uh, telling everybody to get coffee and uh, start sieging.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think that's where where we had left off was you know sort of you know what next because I think one of the things that, that you mentioned was that you considered it a mistake on the other side's part when they had sort of at a, at a victory that came, you know, at an embarrassing cost to you guys that they didn't march forward and try and like, you know, sort of rally the troops and and uh, create some more, you know, sort of like moral hits against you guys and it seems like you're you're setting up to to try and do that to them and not, not oh, allow yeah, yourself absolutely. to have absolutely. We an don't we don't fuck around when it comes to soft words. The CFC <laughs> has a, a pretty much
0: um, it's been the reason why people don't like fighting us is, uh, you know, we're a very well-oiled machine when it comes to logistics and just putting people into systems and stuff like that. And uh, we pretty much all we do is war. like PL and N3. Um, they mostly focus on like they get involved in some soft wars, but a lot of times for them, it's more just like dropping. Uh, they like to drop their super caps and their titans on people. And uh, a lot of times. The actual process of taking space isn't something that they specialize in, but it is something that we specialize in, and I don't think that we've actually lost a war uh, since 2008. So far, now for years, every time we point at a region and say we're going to fucking take it, um, we have succeeded. So I can show you what's going on. It's a little, it's a little evy mm-hmm. yeah, in go terms ahead. of complication. But uh, so in Skype, here is uh, a region map that I'm linking you okay and this is uh, dot eve maps which is what everybody uses to get around the galaxy and figure out what the fuck is going on so uh if you load that up i can tell you what we're doing yeah yeah go ahead okay so there's a system here in the middle that i'll link you called uh af0 and you'll see af0 has a uh condi ticker condi is the uh sort of short name of our alliance, Gunstorm Federation, so that means that it's our system. Uh, We took this about three, four weeks ago, and uh, we just let it sit, and they were idiots, and they didn't take it back. Uh, Why does that matter? It's about to hit a sob level where you can install an item called a, a sinusoidal jammer, and a jammer prevents enemy capitals from getting into the system. Not like we really care about that anymore because we just killed most of their caps. But anyway, they basically allowed a system to sit there under my control until it like leveled up. Basically, like, and, and, t-
1: and once you've acquired one, that just sort of naturally happens over time, which is what encourages folks to try and come back and take it. Because does it right. res- does it reset in level when it's acquired again, or does that is that continuous?
0: So basically, what ha- the way that the, the SOV system works is you take you online the TCU the territorial claim mm-hmm. unit right, and then. After one week, it gets, then it's at solve one and then after a couple weeks, it gets to solve 2 and you can install upgrades called like beacons, which allow you to, to move cap ships in. And then what really kicks in is at four weeks, I think you get solve 3 uh, Sov3 matters because of the jammer, and if you have a jammer online, Uh, They can't bring in caps into the system until the jammer has been taken down. So it's a very important defensive upgrade. Right. Uh, And the Fountain War, which these exact same people in 3NPL lost against us. Fountain was the conflict that raged from uh, June until September-ish and was when we took the southwest quadrant of the galaxy, which is how we ended up with half the galaxy. It's ridiculous. I never (laughs) wanted to conquer half the galaxy, but whatever, man, I'm rolling with it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, same shitlords, uh, you know, and the reason why we're involved in this conflict is I think I told you yesterday, uh, we were fighting another alliance in Fountain. We weren't fighting in 3NPL. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were fighting an alliance called Test Alliance, which is based out of Reddit. And uh, we went to go burn them to the ground. And then in 3NPL said that they were going to come in and try to, uh, you know, kill us. Basically, save Test from us and then push on forward into the rest of our territory and take out the CFC. So we are over here helping the Russians uh, against n 3 and PL in punishment, basically. We're gonna tax them. We're gonna say, you came at us, so I'm gonna take, you know, I'm gonna help take the, you know, help the Russians take like three of your regions, give you the finger and then fuck off. Anyway, the, the Fountain War, it ha- happened in almost the exact same way. There was a system that they let get to Sov 3 uh, in the middle of Fountain. Then we moved all of our shit into that system and then just uh, helicopter dicked, which is a, uh, <laughs> a term of art that we use, we use in EVE, helicopter dicking. Um, which is basically where you just, you achieve capital or super capital superiority, and then you don't really have to worry about your fleet securities anymore because the enemy's will is broken and you can just uh, siege everything. Sieging a system is the, the phrase that's used to actually, when you're talking about, Taking the sovereignty usually involves deploying capital ships and stuff like that. So we're moving the entire CFC, uh, my coalition, into AF0 as we speak. Uh, Their convoys up. It's a massive logistical operation. Uh, The reason why this matters is five jumps away from there in GXK, and I'll link you that, this is the um, staging system of N3. So basically, like we're we're moving right up into their grill, right? And um, here, something like that. There's G X K. That's where N C dot is. That's half of N three. Okay. And here is. Um, I'm a little spacey today. I've only just now started getting enough sleep after all this bullshit. <laughs> My website is like on fire. We got a link through by like Der Spiegel and all this other shit. So, oh, nice! Congrats. Uh, everything is. Thing is, things are crazy in Media Land. Things are crazy in Spaceship Land. It's um, it's an interesting life. So yeah, you can see that AFO is basically like just a few jumps away from both the uh, GXK and ITACN. Right. And uh, they're gonna have to retreat. I've told them that I'm not gonna like I've communicated with the enemy leaders and told them that uh, I'm only gonna take three regions for them and then I'm gonna let them live. We're gonna take these three regions, give them the finger, and then fuck off. And that's the price they pay for coming after us Fountain. And Fountain. I just- don't want to actually, like, conquer the entire galaxy. So. <laughs> if you conquer the entire galaxy, then you're, ob- you're obliged to defend the entire thing. You can't <laughs> win anymore, right? Yeah, like, sure. Your victory condition becomes impossible because inevitably people will take all your shit. So, you know, overextending is a danger that I'm very well aware of. So the stuff we're going to take from these guys, we're just going to hand it off to the Russians and then leave. Hmm. And then the Russians can defend it because they live there.
1: And that's sort of just, you know, I guess in doing that, uh, you know, given how much they've been pushed back, essentially, you know, it doesn't create peace, but at least there's probably a moment of sort of calm before something else flares up then, right? Yeah, N3 and PL are going to try to, and I know this because of spies,
0: uh, N3 and PL are going to try to uh, recover. It's going to take them months and months and months to uh, rebuild their Titans. And, of course... I don't mind PL. Nullsec is a very incestuous place, like despite the fact that N3 and PL and the CFC and the Russians are at war, the CFC and PL have a whole series of under the table treaties that everybody knows about the Botlord Accords and OTEC, which basically limit the conflict between PL and Gunswarm. uh, Because we used to be friends back in the day, and we still shoot each other. But uh Goonswarm is in this war primarily Goonswarm slash the CFC because we hate NC dot and in three. Right. But we don't we don't like you know, we had to chew through 30 fucking PL Titans to get to the 29 in three titans that we killed in B attack R. Um and I don't really give a shit about killing PL Titans. I mean they took the brunt of the losses. Sucks to be them, but uh anyway, so yeah, there's gonna be a period of peace or relative peace. You're going to see the CFC and the Russians uh, consolidate after these regions gets taken, assuming that we don't fuck it up, assuming that we are, you know, that the enemy doesn't magically recover and fight us back. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but we'll take these three regions, and then we'll probably end up blowing up their Titan yards. Because the thing is, is, this is the reason why the Titan thing is such a big deal. I don't know if anybody's explained this to you or not. No, go ahead. It, takes like, it takes like a month and a half to build a single fucking Titan.
1: So they're not only really expensive, but then just
0: building them is a time sink. Right. So get this. Most of the time when you build a spaceship in EVE Online, you can build it inside of a station. You can basically, there's just like factories in the station. You can use a blueprint and crap out battleships or whatever. You can crap out capital ships. You can build uh, dreadnoughts and carriers inside of a station. No big deal. The reason why supercaps are such a thing is, is that they can only be built in a structure outside of a station, a structure which can be attacked and destroyed.
1: So the other factories for the other ships, the dreadnoughts, the, the regular caps, those are protected, those those mm-hmm. institutions can't be destroyed? Right. You can, you can always build
0: more caps and dreads. But if you try to build titans, and a titan is extraordinarily expensive, as everybody knows, but it basically has to sit in a factory that's exposed to being destroyed uh, for a month and a half. And at that point, if that factory that it's in is destroyed it's just gone. And that's like 70 billion is down the drain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happens back in the day before there was Titans everywhere, uh, people would aggressively hunt down the uh, capital ship assembly arrays where these things are built uh, and do what's called coat hanger ops or Titan abortion ops or what have you. Eve players are very vulgar. So there's lots of abortion jokes whenever you kill a Titan fetus. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh you know in this case because now one side has the super capital advantage because we've killed all their titans and it's going to take them so long to rebuild those titans uh, i think you're going to see as a strategic priority uh the capital uh yards being attacked relentlessly by uh all of us just to make sure that in three is never allowed to uh build up that kind of advantage again Hmm. Because if we blow up their yards repeatedly, then, you know, they can buy Titans off the open market, maybe. But uh, our yards are secure. We're still crapping out Titans. And they can't hurt ours. So, yeah. So, sorry, I'm a little scatter- scatterbrained right now. There's a whole bunch of shit going on. This has been a major turning point in the war. And I only really recently just got enough sleep last night to start. Just start thinking about it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. I always try to think like three or four steps ahead, but
1: uh, it can be tough when you (laughs) don't sleep enough. Yeah, there's the coffee can only do so much. Uh, Absolutely, sleep is important at some point. Do you like? Does that get like? Can you uh, you just end up telling folks like, "Hey, like, you need to go legitimately sleep." Like, you know, like, oh yeah. are Are there shifts in which people are then? And I'm sure you know folks enough that are high level that like you know work schedules are you know incorporated into sort of Eve. Or there was a you know a pilot I was talking to that was you know doing it on a laptop because he works out of a school and he can have it running in the background. But I do uh, on, a, on a, like a personal level to give people like you know time off while so they can kind of recover. Does, is that something that you end up dictating? Well, under normal circumstances, it's not necessary because under normal
0: circumstances, there's like a natural ebb and flow of time zones. Right. And people typically play EVE in the evenings after work. And you basically have... uh, We don't really have that many Russian players. So, like, there's three main time zones in EVE. Australian time zone, nothing really happens in. There are Australians, but there's no... uh, There's no soft war that takes place there. Uh, Because people... In EVE, you get to decide the time of a battle. If you're the defender, you get to choose what time your structures come out of reinforce mode. Mm. So that means that people will usually time their battles defensively for their prime time, whenever their alliance has the most dudes. Right. Some alliances are mainly European, some are mainly U.S., some are a mix. So you don't necessarily have to tell people to like do you know sleep and shifts or something, because on an average day, most people are only playing for a couple hours. They're not like stuck in a 21-hour-long hell battle. Um You know, after BTAC r we gave everybody a day off and just, like, get some fucking sleep. This was ridiculous. Like, charge up and be ready to go today. And today, everybody's all fired up and ready to go. So, um, but no, normally you don't need to tell people to, you know, rest or what have you. If somebody's really burned out, we try to cycle our, our fleet commanders in and out such that, like, you know, it's not
1: one guy holding up an entire campaign. Right. Reduce burnout that way. Cool. Well, I, I really appreciate you, as spacey as you are, walking me through all this stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's nice to get, a, to get a better sense of it than uh, I would get from just reading some of the generic write-ups or even some of the more internal write-ups that are very lingo-heavy. But uh, yeah, I, uh, so I, I super appreciate your time.
0: No problem at all.